0: If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're glad that you are with us, whether you are at home, whether you're listening to this on YouTube or you're watching on Facebook. We are delighted that you are joining us today for our four series, Practicing the Way of Jesus. And as we go through this series, Practicing the Way of Jesus, we are recounting the open invite that Jesus of Nazareth has for all of us to become Talmudim, or in the Hebrew, which is translated as disciple, or the word we have been using as an apprentice of Jesus. And to be an apprentice of Jesus is to order our life around three goals. And we've looked at one of them last week, and today we'll look at the second. The three goals are first, to be with Jesus. The second is to become Like Jesus, and the third is to do what Jesus did. And so today we will be uh, going through what it looks like to become like Jesus. And so we are so grateful that you continue to uh, tune in and be with us as part of this journey. I'm going to invite you to pray with me as we begin uh, this afternoon. Father in heaven, we are grateful that on this beautiful autumn morning, on this beautiful autumn day, we can come and worship. We have been blessed by music which has been sung and played. We have been invited by your word. And Lord, we pray that your spirit will continue to be with us, will continue to guide us. We pray that each of us will be open and attentive to your word, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So approaching his 30th birthday, Haruki Marukimi was an owner of a jazz bar in Tokyo. He smoked about 60 cigarettes a day, and he was realizing that his fingernails were yellowing, his teeth were yellowing, and he was in rude health. One day while watching a baseball game, he had a light bulb moment and decided he needed, in fact, to be able to write a novel. But to do that, he realized this decision, this new, uh, this new impetus in his life meant there would need to be some changes about how he lived his life. It meant that there would need to be a fundamental transformation in his life. He asked himself important questions like this during this period of his life. Questions like, what is it that I want from my life? What kind of person do I want to be? And in a recent interview with German newspaper Der Spiegel, he recounted how running for him became a transformative and formational habit that moved him from where he was to where he needed to be. And so in running, he found himself transforming from a jazz bar owner to a novelist. Running helped him to acquire stamina and endurance. Virtues that he knew would be critical if he was going to become a novelist. And now Marokimi is an internationally renowned novelist who will spend up to four hours a day writing. This inflection point, this moment of realization that his current life was not sufficient for his future calling was what? pushed him to adopt new formational habits so he could become a new person. And we've all found ourselves at points in our life asking similar questions at an inflection point, assessing where we are against where we want to be, and knowing that it can only happen through transformation. And we all have different stories of what these moments have looked like. Maybe for you, it was the moment you decided to run your first marathon. Your best friend had just been diagnosed with cancer and you wanted to do a charity run so you could raise money for her. But you also knew that running to catch the bus Walking around the block left you breathless, and so running a marathon was completely out of the question. You realized at that moment that to achieve your goal, there needed to be root deep transformation. For some of you, that moment came when you realized that your blood pressure was too high and you needed to become a less anxious and a more peaceful person. But your present reality was that you would argue with everyone and anyone. You'd argue with your spouse. You argue with your children. You argue with the postman. You argue with your teachers. You argue with the waiter at the restaurant when you go out for date night and you're supposed to be on your best behavior. You argue with strangers on Facebook who you will never meet. And so you realize that your present moment is not where your future goal is and you need a transformation. Or perhaps you were a high school senior or you are a high school senior and you have a goal of getting your first car and you have a part-time job and you save money. But you spend that money on Balenciaga and on Dior, and you don't save that money to get your first car, and you realize there has to be a change. There must be transformation if you are going to reach your goal. And for you, and for me, we recognize that there are moments in our life where we must become almost a new person, and this is what. This afternoon, we want to talk about, just for a few moments, what transformation looks like, how it happens so that we can become like Jesus. And a, and a word on that before I continue. The sermon title is, "Be with Jesus." And I realize that it really ought to be "Become like Jesus." To be speaks of a present state or a state which has already been attained, whereas to become is speaking of a journey and of steps into becoming a state that you yet are not. And so really this sermon is better accurately titled, Become Like Jesus. Now, Jesus tells a story, a parable, and it's a short one that we can find in Luke chapter 6, verses 39 to 40. It's very brief. And Jesus says, and he spoke a parable to them, can the blind lead the blind? Will they they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Now, in this short parable, a parable that I'm not particularly familiar with, and I'm sure for many of us, it's one that we pass over without much thought. In this parable, Jesus lays out some key concepts of transformation for all of us who are seeking to be his apprentices and practice the way of Jesus. Jesus lays out in verse 39, some unnamed antagonist And these are the Pharisees that the Gospels consistently uh, refer to as being blind guides. And so Jesus is saying there are blind disciples following blind guides and they are not going to be what they need to be. And Jesus uses this word for student in the Greek, matheteus, to describe those people who are following the blind guides. This word, matheteus, is translated variously as student, as disciple, or as this word we have been using, as an apprentice. And if you go back and watch some of the earlier sermons, you will understand that this idea of being an apprentice is much more than simply knowledge acquisition, but it's becoming like your master. To be an apprentice is to move and to be like the person you are apprenticing after. If you are apprenticing to be a carpenter or a machinist or a builder or an electrician, it takes years of intentional, dedicated practice. And this is what Matheteus is pushing toward. And this is what we're speaking about, to be apprentices of Jesus. And Jesus goes on when he speaks about being an apprentice, that the student, the apprentice, is not above their teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Interesting. Trained will be like their teacher. Now, in this very short two-sentence parable, I think there are a few lessons or a few important things we can learn about what it looks like to apprentice after Jesus and to become like him. Here's the first. It's important for us to recognize really the first impulse that we have spoken about—that to be an apprentice is to become like your rabbi. And this does not happen haphazardly. You don't just trip, wake up one day, and you are like your like your rabbi. It's not the same as simply having. Uh, theological knowledge. It's not the same as simply being able to quote verses. It's not the same as having just a surface knowledge. To become like your rabbi is an all-encompassing journey. And it is a journey of being transformed into the image of your teacher. The second point that I think we can pick up from this short parable is that to become like your rabbi involves something that is intentional and that something is training. It's such a, a foreign concept, I think, for many of us to recognize that if we are going to be an apprentice of Jesus, there is training involved. If you remember last week, uh, we spoke about the training, for example, that LeBron James puts in to keep his body in shape to be a uh, world-class athlete or the training that a musician will have to put in if they're going to be a concert pianist, for example. And we recognize that if you change, it takes time and it takes intentional training and habits to happen. And Jesus tells us that the student, the disciple, the apprentice, who is going to be like their master, must be fully trained, must be intentionally trained. And the third thing that we learn is that there are stages in the training. Notice that Jesus says that you must become fully trained. And if you are setting up a scale of being fully trained, then it means there is a point where you are not trained or perhaps a point where you are Partially trained, and Jesus says to be an apprentice is to be what? Fully trained. And so there is a sense in which apprenticeship to Jesus involves intentional training and habit formation, which can actually lead us to recognize that it happens in stages, that it can be partial and it can also be full. Paul, writing in Ephesians chapter 4, speaks and confirms this idea that following Jesus really does not happen uh, to become a fully trained apprentice of Jesus. is not something that happens instantaneously, but is a process. It's a process of maturation. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13 and 15. And I've picked up some of the key verses from there. He says, speaking to the church in Ephesians, to become mature. Again, notice that word, to become, to become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Again, I'm seeing scales, I'm seeing journeys, because if you're maturing and you're becoming the fullness of Christ, again, it's speaking about the fact that you can start in a place where you're where you are immature and you are not yet fully in the image of Christ. And then he repeats this in verse 15, to grow again, to become in every respect mature. Okay, what does this mean for us as apprentices of Jesus? This idea that there is movement, that there is dynamism, that there is maturation when we follow our rabbi Jesus to become like him. And remember from the very first sermon that I preached that we are couching this as Adventists who do not have a, a cyclical. Uh, sense of time, but we recognize that time terminates, that there is a beginning and there is an end. And if you look at the spectrum of human history, we are much closer to the end than we are to the beginning. And the book of Revelation 14 says, when we get closer to the end, there will be a group of people who follow the lamb wherever he goes. Again, This idea of disciples following Jesus. So this is where we are. What does it mean then for us if there is a process in which we follow Jesus, become mature in Jesus and train to be like Jesus? I think it means that all of us need to understand that continual change must happen in our life we must recognize that the Christian life is not static. Yes, Christ has accepted you as you have accepted him. Yes, in your baptism, he took you and he gave you the same beautiful proclamation that Jesus had that this is my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. But that does not preclude us from knowing that to become like Jesus is not instantaneous. It is not haphazard. It takes intentional commitment and training, and it takes a journey of maturation. The word that is used over and over in the New Testament when speaking about this journey to become like Jesus is this word, transformation. And if you've grown up in church, this is a word that you have perhaps heard often. It's transformation. Second Corinthians chapter three is a key text that speaks about transformation. Paul writes, "And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord." Who is the Spirit? So much can be said about this, but let me say a few things. Uh, The first thing is that there is a sense in which transformation happens as we are contemplating the Lord. It's a similar idea of being with the Lord. It's this idea of time with the Lord. And he says, when we contemplate the Lord's glory, we are then transformed into his image. And again, look at this idea of growth and of journey and of scale with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. This is a beautiful picture of what it looks like to change. And this word change, metamorpho in the Greek is a word which um, is the root of the word metamorphosis that we would be more familiar with. And I think if you look at this word, it gives you a beautiful picture of what change is. So it's, a, it's, a, um, it's two words put together to come up with this word metamorpho. The first is meta, which means to change after being with. You notice this word again, with, being with, is what brings the change. And then morpho, changing form, keeping with inner reality. There is so much there, but Again, it's this idea that we are with, and when we are with, there is an internal deep change which happens. Now, humans, for example, don't go through metamorphosis. We don't really change in the same way that uh, a butterfly may go, may change from egg to caterpillar to chrysalis to butterfly. We don't change in that same way. But Jesus Christ is calling us, according to Second Corinthians, to go through transformation, to metamorpho with ever-increasing glory. After all of this has been said, and as I was thinking about the message today, I reflected on the seasons of my own life when I came to a crossroad, when I came to an inflection point like this novelist, Haruki Morikimi where I realized that where I was was insufficient for where I needed to be, where I realized deep down that if something did not change at a foundational level within me, and I'm not talking about um, Oprah Super Soul Sunday spirituality or eat, pray, love. I'm talking about a root deep foundational change happen within me that I would not be the husband that my wife needed or the father that my daughter needed. And you can fill in the blank because there are many of you who are watching today. And yes, you have grown up with it in the church. Yes, you understand the theology. Yes, you can give the Bible studies. Sure, you know all of the text. but who are you becoming? Are you the spouse that your wife needs, that your husband needs? Are you the father that your children desperately require? Are you the boss that those that you work with need to flourish in their job? Are you the neighbor who steps into places and does the right thing for your neighbor? Are you the citizen that the country needs? Who are you becoming? And I know that this may feel like a rude awakening for some of us as we go through some very simple, simple ideas of what it looks like to follow Jesus. But we have to grapple with this because the goal of being a Christian is not simply information collection. The goal of being a Christian is not simply good theology. The ultimate goal is for us to become like Jesus, our rabbi, to be with him. And as we're with him through the indwelling of the spirit, through habitual changes, through contemplating him, we change and become like him. As apprentices of Jesus, to be changed means this. And I'm going to put a quote up for you on the screen that the Christian life could be summarized as being formed, conformed, and transformed into the image of Christ. And then it continues, so that we increasingly come to share his love, his hope, his feelings, and habits. So we live our lives as he would live them if he were in our place. Mercy. You know, I grew up, And this was not the goal that I had as a Christian. This was not the goal I had as an Adventist to live and to share his love, his hope, his feelings, and his habits. To live my life, to live your life as he would live them if he were in our place. To become like Jesus is a journey, and it is a journey so that we can live our lives as he would live them if he were in our place. It's a decision that you have to make every single day, my friends. Maybe you were baptized 25 years ago. Maybe you got baptized 40 years ago at summer camp. You gave your life to Jesus. Maybe you just got baptized six months ago and you made a decision to follow Jesus, to become a matheteus, to become an apprentice. Did you know that, That is a decision that you need to make every single day. Think about this. When Jesus had disciples and they would wake up in the morning and Jesus said, we're going today to Nazareth. We're going today to Galilee. If they had made a decision to follow Jesus Christ two weeks ago, but they decided on that day, oh, we don't need to follow you today. We're good. We still love you and everything, but we're just going to stay here. They would not be following Jesus. They had to follow Jesus and the decision had to be a daily decision. It had to be an intentional decision. It had to be them opening themselves up to the radiance of Christ and being transformed, formed and conformed as they decided to be with him. And this is the same invitation that I have and that you have. It's to change and to become like Jesus. And when we decide to accept Jesus' invitation, Jesus receives us in the same way he received his disciples, just as we are. Did you know that? Jesus does not need you to do some moral gymnastics. Christ does not need you to get your act together. He doesn't need you to try to clean yourself and come and follow him. He invites you and he wants you to come just as you are. Even if you come to him broken, addicted, angry, cynical, sullen, dishonest, self centered, judgmental, Jesus wants you to accept his invitation to come and practice his way just as you are. And often when we start to speak about becoming like Jesus, forming habits like Jesus, it can be easy to veer off into uh, legalism. And by that, I mean thinking that uh, to follow Jesus means to follow a checklist. And if I follow a checklist, then Jesus Christ, will, uh, I will accrue to myself his approbation. If I do what Jesus wants, then he will love me. No, when we accept Jesus' invitation, that invitation should be enough to tell us that we are loved and accepted. And he wants us to grow into the fullness of who we were created to be. And Paul reminds us in that text that we read in Corinthians, that transformation with Christ comes as we gaze on his image and it is And it also comes from the Spirit. This is not a work that we do ourselves, but it comes as we gaze on the glory of God and as the Spirit works within us. So I would put it this way that transformation comes by the Spirit as we spend time with Christ in awe of His beauty. And the vehicle of our formation is biblical habit, doing what Christ did. And this pulls us, the Spirit guides us so that we can be transformed like a butterfly or to use an old theological word that some of you may be aware of, it's a process of sanctification. Ellen White writing about this character formation, Ellen White, one of the early um, founders of the Adventist church, says this, she says at a very early age Jesus had began to act for himself in the look at the word formation of his character and not even respect and love for his parents could turn him from obedience to God's word and then in another place she says this the formation of a right character is the work of a lifetime and is an outgrowth of prayerful Meditation united with a grand purpose. And so, this is all of us. Whether you're in middle school trying to figure out your relationship with Jesus apart from your parents, whether you've been doing this thing for 50 years, it is the work of a lifetime. It is a journey to become like Jesus. And you know, sometimes, my friends, it's going to feel like you grow in. Bounds. You know, when you see your nephew that you have not seen for a few years and you say the same thing that everyone says as if it's original, but we all say it, oh, you've grown. Like, yes, of course I've grown. This is what happens when you're a teenager and you eat eight meals a day. You grow. So sometimes your growth and your formation to become like Jesus will feel like that teenage summer where you shoot up two inches in three months. But sometimes that formation and that growth, that journey may feel like you take one step forward and you take a couple steps back, but it's a journey. And it's the journey that the spirit empowers and the spirit guides as we allow ourselves to, um, to be with Jesus and to be transformed as we are in awe of his face. And I am convicted, my friends, those here at Walla Walla University Church our students who are here at Walla Walla University, those watching from around the country and from around the world, I am convinced that there is a desperate need for more people who don't simply believe in Jesus, but who become like Jesus. We are living in a world and in a time where we need people who are practicing his way, who are becoming like him, So that we might be salt and light in this world. There are many people who will never darken the doors of a church. There are many people who will never listen to a sermon or read a Bible, but they will talk to you. And my prayer is that all of us in our interactions day to day might become like Jesus, might become his representatives in a world that desperately needs us. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us this week. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and we're so glad you worshipped with us this Sabbath. Please let us know where you are joining us from. You can send us a message on our social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on our church website. And we pray that you have a wonderful week and God's richest blessings go with you.